recording right now and this is the beginning of a very special tome show uh because and it's very special because we are going completely off the cuff unprepared no pre-planning and pro- really not much of an idea of what we're talking about so uh welcome to the tome show everybody welcome. say everybody say hi 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 oh yeah that guy um that's fred i'm the ghost that haunts the podcast <laughs> yes uh, Fred, who are you? I am... Well, actually, some people who met me at Gen Con know me as Mr. Dark Magic, and I'd like to thank Shelly for that name. I, uh, I am actually Tracy's husband. My name is Fred. Although, in fairness, the, the, uh, the longer, more experienced D&D geek of the two, yes? Uh, yeah, actually, I've been playing since, man, sophomore year of college, freshman year of college. So I'm not not one of those kids who you know when I was eight I got Redbox, but I've been playing for over a decade. See, we're not old enough actually to be eight and get Redboxed. That's true. Actually, if I think about it, that would make me probably forty if that actually were true. I was eight and started with second edition AD and D. Yeah, that's probably where I would have started. Uh, so I was my sophomore year of college was like ninety eight, ninety nine, which was the tail end of second. So actually, I guess I, I started with third edition a month after it came out. So that was probably was that one then or two thousand? You started something with, like that. you started with second edition right after it came out. No, third edition. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, play, I played second edition once on a bet, but not not really with any <laughs> any any frequency. I've, I've I was primarily a third edition player. You know, it's funny. Um, my college group we we started we got, moved into third edition like as soon as third edition came out. I mean, they we. We were part of the college tour, right? The Watsi people went around and set up tents in the middle of, of campuses and things. And they totally did not do that at our campus. I'm they, kind of angry. Now. They they came to our campus, and you know, I I didn't know any any of them or anything about what they were doing. I other you know, I kind of wish I had, right? Maybe I could have met some people. Um, but I went and I saw the demo. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And so we started playing third edition right away. Um, and then for four years, we played well, however many years that I was had left in college with that group. We played third edition. And then apparently after I left, I, I talked to that group again later, and after I left, they went back to second edition and and swear, you know, oh my gosh, I forgot how much how much better this edition was. Why did we ever switch to third? <laughs> and it's like, oh, all right, cool. You know, I still like the current whatever. Go on. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I'm sort of. 
I'm sort of a not to get not to get controversial in the statement. I'm sort of the unitarian universalist of gaming. I uh, there's probably good fun to be had in almost any game you could put in front of me. There are some that I would play longer than others, but but I, I mean I've only played a couple of games in my life where I walked away from the table saying, "Wow, I never want to see those minis, maps, pieces, keys, cartridges, whatever again." Mm-hmm. That's 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 rare. And usually when that happens, it's a game that I later find out everyone universally hated. So I, I can find fun in almost anything. I do think there's a weird effect. Like you were saying, so you guys stopped. You were playing third edition coming out of second. And then you left. I guess, you know, I don't think it was specific to you. I think anyone could have left. You know, somebody leaves, everything. You know, you go back to this other game for some reason. And then you find all the stuff you loved about the game you'd played for years, but forgotten because you got so wrapped up in the minutia of it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's sort of a weird tangent, but I just had a loaner car for a couple of days while my car was getting worked on. And while having the loaner car, it was new and exciting. And I really love this loan, even though the loaner car is like a little Econo box. And, you know, it was just new and cool and all these new different, everything was in a different place. And, and then I got my car back and was like, oh, I love my car. Everything is where I remember it. It's comforting. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, we sort of compartmentalize gaming as this part of our life, but. I think there's some there's something to that where you get frustrated with a couple of things, you try something new, and then you remember all of the reasons you took for granted that you loved this edition you had been playing all these mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. I think my my big my probably my biggest issue with second edition is that I never really learned the rules very well. Part of that speaks to how complicated the rules were. I think. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds pretty par for the course. No? Right, but but I think part of it was I learned it when I was eight, and we didn't care about the rules. We were eight, <laughs> you know. We we, right. fig- we figured out what we needed to figure out, and we made up the rest as we went along, and we just never really learned them for real, you know. We yeah, it's like of- glorious glorious point in your life when having fun was actually the desired outcome. Right, you know, and so yeah, I mean. I just never really learned the rules that well. And then 3rd Edition came along, and of course, we're all starting from scratch, so we're all learning the rules together. And then 3.5 comes out, and that really emphasizes us to to us, you know what? Rules are important. Otherwise, why would they have to do a, a half-edition upgrade, you know, two years later or whatever it was, you know? So it sort of re-emphasized to us that rules were important, you know? Uh, and we've been uh, rules mongers ever since. I didn't see a giant difference between 3 and 3.5, except that I was playing a ranger at the time. So it greatly affected my character, but everything else seemed sort of the same. Mm. But that may have just been yeah, I, I know. I, my I, attitude towards life at that point in time. <laughs> I typically play a lot of spellcasters, so a lot of my spells changed. Yeah, see, I could, I could imagine that being a radical difference. Like, whoa, everything's slightly different. Well, I mean, imagine if you were actually a spellcaster and suddenly all of the the way you cast spells was suddenly a little bit different. Like, that would be an earth-shaking, paradigm-shifting thing to wake up to one morning. Yeah, but that kind of thing set, happens all the time. Th- yeah, that kind of thing happens all the time in uh, fantasy settings, right? I mean, every, oh, couple, yeah. every couple of years, the realms go through this massive realm-shaking event so they can justify going to a new edition of the game. Right, right. Like, how the heck are we going to get Dragonborn into Faerun, right? Yeah. Like... What do we do? There's an earthquake. Hey! You know, so this happens. It's just sort of a more meta level when it's a mechanical change. Right on. Tracy, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. You're so talkative. I'm just letting you guys geek out. (laughs) It's good for you to absorb all this uh, 
geek culture, D&D culture going back through time, isn't it? It is. That, that's good research for you, for this thing you have that you just announced today. <laughs> yeah. Se- segue, um, segue. Segue, segue. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing a column on the Wizards of Coast site celebrating the D&D community and all its additions. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Sweet. I can't wait to get really started. Uh, right now we're just trying to find the name for it. So, so by regular, are you talking like the plan is monthly or every two weeks? Every two weeks. Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> that's ambitious. And and how how long of an article are we thinking? Uh, it's supposed to be about a thousand words or so. Okay, so, so a, th- a so thousand not too, too bad. A thousand words it's gonna be... every two weeks. Uh, it sounds yeah. like it sounds like step one of a uh, long form uh, job interview. <laughs> I have no idea about anything like that. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be more like, in feel and stuff, it's going to be more like a blog than some of the other stuff they have. Uh, so, but it'll be really interesting. That sounds awesome. I look forward to reading it. I will make sure that it's one of the articles I read regularly. Nice. Can you give Can you give us a teaser on what the first column is going to be, or are you still working on ideas? Um, well, I think I can give a teaser that it. The first one's going to talk a little bit about uh, modern fairy tales. And then there's just going to be a huge... So the first half, most of the column's going to be... Uh, I pick some sort of topic that I think is important to the community right then. Uh, or as you know, a lot of people are talking about. And uh, point people to resources or blog posts about it. And then the second half will be links uh, to other people's blog posts, videos, forums, whatever whatever seems like a large part of the community might uh, be interested in. It is about pimping the D&D community. So that means there's going to be, I mean, it sounds to me like even just a thousand words, you're going to be grossly underpaid for the amount of research you realistically have to go through in order to really know what's going on in every little corner of the community, right? You now have to read every single <laughs> D&D blog and listen to every single D&D podcast and read every single forum on D&D. <laughs> so uh, part of it is we're going to, you know, people, I'm going to ask people to try to bring the stuff forward that they really like. Uh, I'm not going to read everything, obviously, <laughs> but I, I get a fair much uh, bit of it just through things like Google Plus and Twitter and Facebook. And so, yeah, if you see something cool and you share it to the D&D hashtag, there's a good chance I'll pick up on it. Sweet. You know, I heard of this really cool D&D podcast you should talk about sometime. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to do that stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be tricky. That's fine. You yeah. know what? You just go out and get famous. And as co-host, I will assume that some of that love will come this way. Yeah. You don't have to explicitly get out there and, and, and pimp it. Yeah, and, and there are other ways I can I can pimp. Like I, I do have an author bio section, so right, right. I will start taking bids now. <laughs> <laughs> taking bids? It's your show. <laughs> I, I have, have I been subtle? I'm giving you this show, and, and it's only a matter of time before I quit, and it's yours. You have to take this thing on. S- and, and by bids, I mean Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you're still swimming in Skittles, yes? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the mechanic who I just dropped my car off with a couple of days ago was wondering why the trunk of my car was full of packages of Skittles and a woman's dress. <laughs> Excellent. 
Yeah, that I'm pretty sure he thought there was some hinky hinky stuff going on. It was and, it was and, actually kind of a creepy conversation. And and the correct answer would have been, "Would you like a bag?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I basically said, yeah, my wife's on a show. She gets paid in Skittles. Don't ask any follow-up questions. <laughs> you know, at one point, I considered also also getting a whole bunch of bags of um, of the little fun size Skittles and throwing a tome oh, show, and throwing, throwing a little tome show sticker on on top of all of them and just passing them around to random people in the hallways. That would have actually been fairly fun. Yeah. I think that could have gone over huge. Instead of business cards or whatever, people, you know, hey, the tome show, I'll go check it out. You, know, get, you could get sponsorship. Get three more from the from Skittles. <laughs> yeah, from the fine folks at whatever conglomerate owns Skittles. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't think I have the uh, the or we have the listener base here to uh, to get the attention of Skittles. Oh, it's a division of Mars. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Mars family is pro D and D. All things considered. Which seems strange for green people from outer space. You think they'd That's be, true. You think they'd That's be more true. open to these things. That's true. With the uh, – was it the, the Timonium 36 space modulator? That sounds about right. Yeah. I, think, I can never remember the first part, but I can get the modulator correct. <laughs> this is the best home show episode ever. This is what no planning gets you. And, and for the record, uh, we're not broadcasting in video. But I did just totally take a picture of myself podcasting. Nice. And do you know? Are you gonna put that up on Phone to Grow Bimo? I totally am. Oh, nice. Thank you for that segue. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> you, two, you two were like professionals. It's like we've stuff. been doing this for a while or something. Yeah. So Phone uh, to Grow Bimo in Jeff news and and D and D news because I to- I totally pulled off some coolness. And Fred news. I suppose in Fred News. <laughs> no, Jeff. Jeff is significantly better at this than I am. Be- I, I do not grow facial hair. Well, in, in terms what of what is I say in terms in terms of growing the hair, in terms of posting frequency, or in terms of bringing in money. Yes. yes. <laughs> Excellent. Good answer. So, what is Pono to Grow Bimo? I'm glad you asked. Fred, take it. <laughs> Fred, take it away. How Not to Grow a Bimo is How Not to Grow a Beard Month. You may have heard of National Novel Writing Month, that thing that took all of your girlfriends away from you for the month. Well, it's an opportunity to do something while they're away writing novels. Do you grow a beard badly? Terribly? Pathetically? Like your little sister did when you, when you were young? Yeah, you grow a beard badly. Basically, you spend the month growing a beard, and people can sponsor your pathetic efforts in the hope to make you not feel so pathetic, and the money goes to breast cancer research. It's sort of a spiritual cousin to Movember for people that think mustaches look a little creepy. Absolutely. And honestly, I never even knew Movember existed until this year, and I've been doing Hono Togrobimo for four years now. Yeah, I didn't know about Movember either. I think it's one of those things that like just recently caught. Yeah, and, caught, and, and, caught boy, and boy did it catch. I saw it on a Google commercial the other day. Yeah, it's weird. Like One of the race car drivers I follow was on the podium after winning a race and like, had a shaggy lip, and they asked him, and he's like, oh, it's Movember. Like, race car drivers are doing this? That's like, I kind of figured it was one of those nerdy things that we didn't talk about, you know? I'm I'm still hoping that one of these days, somebody's going to get the right connection, and we're going to get like a, get a Hodgman, or get a Will Wheaton, or somebody to do Hono to Grobimo. And then it'll be a a certifiable thing. And then it'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be huge. Yeah. 
So speaking of the awesomeness of Hono to Grow Bimo, um, I managed to finagle the support of uh, a, a certain game designer to make Hono to Grow Bimo awesome. So there's there's a fellow named Matt Getz. Does anybody here know Woo-hoo! him? Woo! Tracy, <laughs> where, where do we know Matt Getz from? Well, I mean, from many areas, but he was on our show, and he helped make the Anguillian. He did. And he wrote the, or helped write the uh, Gloomrot, Shadowfell, or Shadowfell, Gloomrot and Beyond, that's what it was. Yep. Uh, and, and, and came on to talk about that. Um, and he has agreed to basically create a custom, professionally designed something for one of the people who sponsors my beard. If my beard gets two hundred and fifty dollars, if I get two hundred and fifty dollars worth of sponsors, then what he, are you at now? I'm at one hundred and sixty. Oh, because I got a hundred dollar donation the other night. It was awesome. Family member? I, I have no idea. Oh man, it, it, this would be the first time I think a family member has ever donated to anything I've ever done for <laughs> for, for charity before. So this, this would be a historic moment. It would be a historic moment. Although my mother did mention possibly donating at some point, so it could have happened, um, or it could have just been somebody awesome out there. I don't know. Maybe it was Matt himself. Regardless, if I get to two hundred fifty dollars, he's going to. I'm going to pick one person who who sponsored me at random. And that person is going to get a, a custom monster or – and actually he kind of said he'll probably do a group of monsters, you know, a theme of monsters um, for that person. So you say this is what I need in my campaign and he will make it for you pro- as a professional game designer. And his wife, Roxy, who's an incredible artist, will do custom artwork illustrating your monster. How cool That's is – That's fantastic. Isn't that awesome? Oh, man. Now I, now I kind of want to donate to you. <laughs> I know, right? And then to make it one step better, if it gets to $500, which would be me almost doubling the amount that I brought in last year, but only a fraction of the top earners, if I get to $500, then the winner is going to get um, a full custom adventure, sort of, you know, a, a, a three encounter adventure night, night of D&D fun made by him and illustrated by his wife. Damn. Okay, hold on. Let me log in. I want to donate. <laughs> hey, and Matt's on right now. I should have him on. Yeah, see if he's available. He just—he's he, apparently listening on Mixler. And oh, yeah? oh, oh, he's the one. He's the one. We're up to wow. We're up to six listeners, and we have comments. The comments are going to be to tell Fred to go away. <laughs> no. It's just—it's—it's. Uh, it's, um, He's saying hi, and it's I'm your DM. I just waved at my screen like he can see me. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> Radio. Yes. I don't know how that was supposed you're, you're, to work. You're new to this podcasting thing, huh? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're up to seven listeners, guys. That is awesome. This is like a new record. There are <laughs> se- eight, eight, eight people. There are eight people listening to us right now. And Matt Getz is on Skype, and he says he's going to go get his stuff and, and do a reset, and then he's going to join us to talk about the awesomeness of what he can provide as well. Sweet. Awesome. So you see this? It's, it's, we're saving boobs. 
and women. Oh yeah, I guess I guess we did. I don't know if I mentioned that. We should probably let people know why we're. Oh yeah, yeah. the money the money goes to the uh, breast cancer research research foundation. Because otherwise, that whole saving boobs comment just sort of. So, so, all right, we're saving boobs. Um, good call. Um, we're we're saving women. I, I suppose that's important too. Um, and then <laughs> and then you can get totally cool D and D stuff at the same time. Why wouldn't you donate? I mean, hop over and, and throw in five bucks to the to the cause. I mean, unless you hate fun. If you hate fun, by all means, don't donate. Hey, online DM is, is thrilled with our radio broadcast as well. Hey, <laughs> he's excited because it's thrilling radio. We're counting listeners in real time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for the people listening, I guess we should probably tell what the, say what the URL is because it's not immediately intuitive, despite that being the goal. It's uh, it, it is exactly spelled like it sounds. Hono to grow a bemo. H o n o t o g r o a b e m o dot org. Yeah, it is. And it's there's one link at the top that says sponsor, and my account name is FT Hurley, and I believe we accept all major credit cards, and you should not do anything to sponsor Jeff. You should totally sponsor me so I can beat him. Right, because if you sponsor Fred, you get nothing. If you sponsor exactly. if you sponsor me, you get professionally designed and illustrated D and D. But if you sponsor me, you get the joy of crushing Jeff's dream. <laughs> This, you know, it's funny because every year I, I get a surge uh, about midway through the, through the month, uh, I think, and and so I, I'm doing really well. I think th- you know I'm in second place right now, and I'm that looks awesome. Um, but there are some people that participate in this that must have killer connections because usually, like the last day, there are people that will go from the bottom of the list that will suddenly jump up to like two thousand dollars in sponsor- sponsorships in, in one day. And it's yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like eBay bid sniping. A like bit. I'm about to win, I lost by three thousand dollars. Right, exactly right. <laughs> like I thought I had a Rolex for a hundred dollars. What happened? My classic example is Smar. Right, Smar's a doctor, so oh. so he knows people that are doctors. You know, and doctors right, right. doctors are known for having money and caring about health. Exactly. Whereas I'm a teacher, so my coworkers are poor. Oh man, Tracy, say something. Something. Well, no, vamp a little bit. I'm talking to Matt here. Oh, okay. <laughs> vamp a little bit. <laughs> Play me off, Johnny. I have no idea. Why don't you guys talk about some of the topics? Oh, no, never mind. Matt's ready. Let me bring him in. Okay, good. <laughs> Forget all of you. Matt Getz is going to join us in all of his glory. These people are here to save us. Hey. Matt, hey. welcome back. Oh. Hey, Matt, are you slacking right now? Uh, well, I kind of finished up with something, so. Okay. I'm, I, I'm letting myself take a little bit of a break. Good. So, Matt, have you and I actually met? Am Matt I still on? No. <laughs> Matt, meet Fred. This is Fred. This is Tracy's I need husband. To jump. Hold on, hold on. I'm having a mic problem. Bear with me for a minute. You may, you may hear something. <laughs> what is he doing? Okay. Did Can you, you hear me now? Did you beat the mic? Have you, Can you hear me now? Have you wrestled the mic into submission? Can we finish the Verizon commercial? Then I will explain. Can you hear me now? 
Yes. yes okay. I knocked the USB thing out, and I wasn't sure I had to go to my settings to fix it or not. So we're back. So Hi, the- Matt. I'm Fred. I'm Tracy's husband. This is where Matt says hi. Did we lose Matt? Now Matt's having microphone trouble. <laughs> no, was that me through a feedback? No. I think that's uh, Matt, okay. Matt also having the exact same problem. All right. Well, while we're killing time, uh, I'm your D, I'm your DM is insisting that we uh, address his his question. Okay. Let me go remember what his question was. How many games is too many? No, that was uh, that was online DM. We have oh. we we have in the audience online DM and I'm your DM. I I'm sorry when you said that fast <laughs> they sounded very similar. They do sound very similar together. So I'm your DM says any tips for DMs to resume a campaign after several months off? Man, that's a tough one. Um I feel like that one is going to be very group specific. So what I had a DM once that that basically got tired of us bailing due to due to finals and midterms and stuff and finally just emailed out and said, "All right, we're skipping ahead 6 months and there's a giant tournament and you're all invited and anyone who doesn't participate is executed." And we were like, "Crap, better show up in game." Or, you know, or something to that effect where, like, there's a massive event in the world that will pique everyone's interest enough to come back. Although I guess that's only probably a good one if, if people have drifted away. I guess if it stopped for other reasons. Yeah, see, I had a I, – I actually do this fairly regularly um, because I've, I'm running a 1 to 30 campaign that started when, like, the week after 4th edition came out. So it's been going a long time. Um, and – Given the way life works, I every now and then need to take a break or go off and do something else. And and I have players who are, are willing and, and able and anxious to jump in and say, yeah, I'll I'll run a little mini campaign or whatever. Uh, and those have been great. Um, and, and actually, in some cases, uh, cases helpful, right? If if for various reasons. Uh, and so the way I've done it is I let them sort of take over. So we're not getting out of gaming. The same group is still getting together. It's still gaming. Um, but I always try to make sure leave. The, the story on a high note. Um, so leave it on some sort of big epic thing that and, and a cliffhanger, you know, and then it's like, oh, then when we come back to it, it's like, yeah, I remember that. We were, you know, for in this case, we're trapped in a completely different world and nothing is the way we expected it to be. Um, and Fred is doing construction. <laughs> and Matt's here. Matt, how do you do it? Yeah. If, if you have a game, if you have a game, and you guys go away on uh, an extended break for several months, how do you get back into it? Uh, I got a couple of different techniques that I like to use. Um, one is extensive note keeping, in order to to bridge the gap between those games. But sometimes, if I want to get everybody back into the mood of the game, I'll do a a flashback or a flash sideways to other things going on in the world to just kind of get them reacclimated to what we had been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds something. I, I've been I've been contemplating something similar actually in in my um, in my current game, right? Because we we're we're playing a Forgotten Realms game. It's a one to thirty campaign. Uh, we're in the low epic tier at this point, and we just took a break. But they just they just jumped to um, Abir, 
you know, the, the world that, that was lost. And now chunks of it have come back to, to the normal Forgotten Realms. But I've said that not all of it, right? There's still this whole other world out there, and they've accidentally crossed over. And now they're stranded there, and none of the gods are there. It's ruled by these primordials, uh, and they have no idea what's going on or how to handle it. Um, and so I'm, I'm considering that when I come back to the campaign, I might start with a sort of a flash sideways of, and let's all make new characters and look at what's going on back in the real world while you guys are trapped. One thing that I've done when, when I do a, like a flash side or a flashback to is instead of really having them worry about character creation in its entirety, I'll, I'll sort of create a couple of archetypical characters and have a conversation with the various players and see which of those would interest them. And I try to make those archetypal characters tie into the main story somehow, either people affected by events that the PCs are responsible for or even something as far as like second cousins of the, the player characters or something, just so that they don't have to worry too much about creating a new character and really liking it in lieu of their, their previous one. Mm-hmm. And anything that happens, they can still get some measure of association with their regular game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things um, that, I've, that I've done in previous breaks um, that goes a completely different direction, because sort of, we're sort of building on, on similar ideas so far, uh, but this goes a, a, a little bit different direction, is that I've had, you know, we take a, a several-month break, so I try to end it on a natural sort of conclusion of the current story arc, and then the, the characters actually ended up taking a, a break, you know? And so now it's a year later, or it's six months later, what have you been doing for the last six months? And then you just sort of build it again as if you're you know, you're bringing in the same characters and some of the same world events are still important, but it's almost like you're, you're just, you're starting a new campaign just happens to be with the same people in the same world. You know, Yeah, that's a really good idea. It's a good idea. Tracy, what do you think? Uh, You haven't said anything for like years. (laughs) Well, I mean, they kept the characters, but didn't they kind of do that with the uh, Penny Arcade PVP podcast at the beginning? Because they had the first series and then the second, Uh but they, they went a long time between playing. Uh, I haven't gotten that much yet into that sort of how do you restart a game in the same world afterwards. Uh, one of the big things I would be concerned about is, you know, your players are probably going to forget details about the world in between. Uh, so maybe being a little nice to them and not saying like, oh, you didn't remember this detail, you're screwed, might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Very good. So I'm your DM who asked the question. It says that what he's getting out of this is that he should come back on something. <laughs> does that something does that, big? Does that sound like an it's usually an, a good way? Is that is that sound like an so. accurate summary? <laughs> yes. Actually, no, I can, can I make totally, one other? Sorry, Trego. Oh no, as you say, they should totally just meet at a bar and, and hang out for a few hours and with, with no with no clear direction as, in terms of story. Yeah. Just sort of say, okay, you're there, and they're serving uh, roast fowl tonight. <laughs> Go. <laughs> well, that's the great thing about say- players is even doing that, they'll figure out some manner in which to either burn down the tavern or murder <laughs> a plot significant NPC that you'd hope to work back into it within the first hour of gaming, usually. Okay, so if, if the big concern we have is people will forget what's been going on, how do we remind them? How do we get them back into after several months well, and, and remind them what's going on? Well, sort of one suggestion doesn't directly address that, but may help the may help recover a little bit of the forgotten info. 
one thing I just thought of w- would be to have the first session be in the past in game time and sort of do a flashback episode. Like, you know how sometimes with a TV show you have that episode, like, in, that Leverage did one that was a job they all pulled together before they were a team? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you saw that one, but the, the point of it was that they, all the characters were fundamentally the same as we know them now, but they weren't working together, so they all had little quirks that aren't there anymore. And the, I think the beauty of an episode like that is that you don't have to remember all the built-up plot that and all the important details that you that you had learned in prior sessions. But just by playing your character, which is going to be fundamentally the same character, a lot of it's probably going to come back to you in that first session. So as long as the first session isn't a, for lack of a better term, mission-critical session, mm-hmm. they can ease their way into it, still have fun. It has the trappings of a one-shot and losing, you know, I mean, you can't die because your character theoretically has a future. But other than that, you know, it has the trappings of a one-shot where if you, if you do some funky stuff with your character and don't like the direction, you can just sort of forget that you did it. But, you know, in that session, you'll probably remember a lot of the little quirks and, oh, right, that's that mission my character was on as a sort of side quest. Now I remember. I, th- I think one big thing is you have to accept that the first session back is not going to be a regular gaming session. No matter what way you go, you're just going to have to bite the bullet and accept that you're going to have a lot of confused players wondering what the hell's going on. And you, yeah, I mean, you do have to get, you do have to just accept that you're going to have to get some people back into it. You're right. Sweet. It's not necessarily like gameplay associated, but there's also a really useful tool for that kind of thing. Just as far as making sure players have access to setting information that they they might need after so long a break. Google Docs, man, it has dramatically evolved the way I run games. Yeah, Google. How do you how do you explain how you use it? I mean, I, I I mean, I know how Google Docs works, but how do you use it in your games? Well, whenever I'm going into a like a, a setting-driven kind of game, I'll, I'll put together the five things everybody knows style document that handles just kind of the overreaching setting. And as we get into say like a specific city in that setting, I'll I'll do another like five things everybody knows about that particular city, and just have every player have access to that and it it just sort of evolves throughout gameplay to include new information things that they might have learned about the antagonists or organizations within the game world and since they all have access to it they can always look back at the things that they've acquired through gameplay and the things that i really wanted them to know in the first place so they just they always have that information on hand sweet good all right, have we uh, exhausted this topic for now? I, I'm your DM seems to be satisfied by the comments he's, he has in the chat room here. So, Yeah, and he suggested uh, doing some e- emails between the sessions and stuff as well, right. which is always a good idea. And, and, and that's similar to how I use, um, I use uh, Epic Words or Obsidian Portal for similar sorts of things, right? Right. Holding some conversations about, what, uh, about a lot of the settings and, and what have you. Good. Uh, I suppose even though this is a completely off-the-cuff and unscripted and unplanned um, episode, we should mention that we are sponsored because they do pay us for that. So, um, sure. Noble Knight Games is our continuing sponsor, and they continue to be awesome. Um, and let me let me illustrate how awesome Noble Knight Games is. The Legend of Drist board game, largely cited as probably being the best of the adventure system board games that, D- that Wizards of the Coast has put out yet. Uh, I own all three of them, and I would agree completely. 
I enjoy Legend of the Dr- Legend of Drist um, as a game, ignoring the the Drist trappings. As a game, I think it's the most fun one. Um, normally, it is it is pricey. What sixty five dollars or something? Twenty eight percent off at Noble Knight. That's forty six dollars and seventy six cents for a brand new copy of the Legend of, of Drist board games. That's how awesome Noble Knight games is. So that's going to be my pick of the episode. Noble Knight Games has been serving the needs of thousands of gamers worldwide since 1997. With a huge selection of over 30,000 unique products, including discounts on most in-print games of up to 50% off or more. Noble Knight Games is the place for out-of-print RPGs, board games, war games, collectible card games, miniatures, and all things game-related. They ship worldwide and will purchase or trade your titles you no longer need, new, or used. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Just visit www.noblenight.com or visit our website for direct access to thousands of new, out-of-print, and in some cases, one-of-a-kind items. And I suppose we should mention our other sponsor. Just get, get both of them out of the way here so people can listen to this big chunk of sponsors in the middle of the episode and then, and then get back into it. Um, our second sponsor continues to be Sentinels of the Multiverse. It is a cooperative comic book card game where you and your buddies build up a team of superheroes to take on a villain. There's a, a variety of, of heroes. There's a variety of villains, so every game is different. Um, it's non-collectible, which is awesome for me. I'm not a big fan of collectible games a lot of times. Um, and it's cooperative. So you, you team up and you try to defeat this challenge that is created uh, uniquely by the cards every time you sit down and play. And you can find them at sentinelsofthemultiverse.com. Sweet. Greater Than Games is all about making the games that we've always wanted to play. We love playing games and we love our ridiculous process of game creation. The most important thing to us is to make the sorts of games you want to play available to everyone. Go to sentinelsofthemultiverse.com for more information. And there's our sponsors. Yay! I, I like the idea of that uh, 28% off. I know, right? That's, that's really good. They, they do. And, 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 I, and I like Noble Knight. I like having Noble Knight as a sponsor because I don't feel like I have to continuously deal with this uh, online vendor versus... You know, friendly local game store because they're they're a brick and mortar store who also mm. has an online storefront. Nice. So I can kind of say, you know what, we're supporting both. Yeah, it's best of both worlds, nice. Yep. And by going there and telling them you came from us, you're supporting the show too. Woohoo! So we did <laughs> we did have one other question, um, and it's nice to have Matt on here since you are uh, volunteering your efforts for my uh, beard growing. Um, contest here. Mm. Uh, so now people can hear just how awesome you are and uh, and then go out and sponsor me extra to try to uh, to win <laughs> your fabulous prizes. Fred, are you posting while we're recording? No. Because it looks to me on Honor to Grow Bimo that you just posted a picture. No, that wasn't me. That wasn't you? Oh, okay. At no. no at 9.01? Yeah, I set it up to... Yeah. Delayed post. Uh-huh. I see how what? it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Whatever. It's, it's a pretty good photo, you have to admit. <laughs> you are a dashing fellow. I am. <laughs> and I'm modest, too. I know. It's one of your best qualities. It is. It, it, is, it is perhaps my greatest quality among many. <laughs> 
So we did have another question from the Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter. The Twitter. Things are, things are funny with a definite article. Um, and this one comes from online. And it's funny, you, you, I, I've, I've been listening to a, a Doctor Who podcast lately. This is completely tan- complete tangent. As we, were, as we were just about to get on topic, I'm going to go completely on a tangent. Um, I've been listening to a Doctor Who podcast lately, and during this hiatus of, between episodes, they're doing um, a highlight of each Doctor, all 11 Doctors every week, and putting out an, a, an episode every week as they've watched you know, a, a movie or a series or whatever, from, or a series of episodes from each Doctor. Um, and they have this this running gag where whenever they go to Twitter questions or comments or whatever, they all start saying Twitter in sort of this pseudo Saturday Night Live-ish uh, a German accent. You know, oh, the Twitter, the Twitter, you know. And it was kind of funny at first, and then it just keeps going. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I just listened to three episodes in a row. <laughs> I'm kind of over it now. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was a, a huge tangent. I guess I'll get back to it. Online DM. <laughs> Online DM um, asked the question, how many D&D games is too many? How do you prioritize? Who wants to go first? Well, point of clarification. We mean specifically how many is too many to DM, right? I'm I'm guessing. Okay. But maybe not. I mean, maybe it's just how many to to be involved in. He is in the chat room, so maybe in in 30 seconds or so, uh, he can clarify if he wants. So who wants to say say answer the he question? He says yes as a DM. Okay, yes as a DM. Okay, good. So Honestly, a, I, I think too many is when you stop being able to pay attention to the specifics of the games that you're running. Like if if you're just kind of going through the motions of any of those games, if you're not giving them their due diligence of consideration, and like if you're not excited about running them. I think that's too many. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I, I had my um, my limit decided because I, just, I, I figured I wanted to um, continue to be married. And so... Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, my yeah, wife plays, so I'm lucky. Right. Um, back in my college days, we used to play every single Sunday. We'd meet at like noon, and we'd play until we did, until they, oftentimes until they kicked us out of the Memorial Union, which is where we played. Man, those were the days. And every single <laughs> week, we would do marathon sessions from noon until like sometimes 10, 10 o'clock at night or later. Hell yeah. You know? and, and, I, and I could kind of get away with that. Um, kind of. <laughs> there, were, there were times that we had to make some sacrifices and there were some, maybe some arguments. But for the most part, that was fine. Then uh, I graduated and it was time to start getting a, a new group together as we moved and, uh, and what have you. Uh, and then and, you know, and we got married in, in the in-between, right? And then I said, okay, I need to get a, a group together again. And – but I can't really justify being away that often that much, right? And so the, the deal the, – the continual deal I've had with my wife pretty much since we've been married is I, I'm going to play um, – what do I play? Twice a month. It's about what I – sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. And, and she's continued to, to be good with that even though you know we've had two kids in the, in the meantime. And so she doesn't mind that I abandon her with, with both children twice a month um, and you know every, every, every week or so when we record podcast episodes. But she's fantastically supportive I guess is what I'm saying. So I try not to, to, I try not to game more than, than is my due because I don't want to push things. I like how you uh you you took the real life consideration into that question as well. Right. 
And I, and I think the the other right answer, if I had the time to, to just game all the time, then the answer would be what you, what you said, right? When I'm not when I don't have the passion for the story of one of them, then I shouldn't be doing it, right? Because as a DM, my thing is I'm I'm a storyteller. That's why I like to DM. I like to tell stories. And if I don't care about the story, or if I've lost track of the story, then I need I need to let that game go. Although I I will say that if you find yourself running too many games, uh, well for yourself to handle. Talk to some of the players in there because they might be invested in it and still want to have it going. So just because you're not able to, you know, give it what it requires, one of them might be willing to pick up the reins for a while just to let you sort of cool off your brain and get some fresh ideas and get excited about running that particular game again. I mean, it it doesn't have to be you all the time, right? You can kind of trade off with a secondary DM. All right. Well, I guess we've answered that question to the best of our ability, huh? <laughs> uh, he says he's running uh, three games, one very regularly, two less regularly, and then an occasional organized play. And oh, man, if you can do it, more power to you. Wow. <laughs> I can barely play in one game a week. <laughs> like... I, I can barely keep that straight in my head between work, life. I, I If you can run three games, man, you're my hero. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I barely have time. With, with, with a, two weeks in between, I barely have time to do the prep on the one game. Now, I guess maybe, yeah. if, maybe if I was doing published adventures, that might be different. Um, but, you know, I, I, I almost never run a monster that I haven't changed or tweaked or whatever. Um, but that's just sort of the nature of huh. me being a fiddler. Interesting, interesting side question that doesn't really answer his question. Sorry, but I, it made me think of it. Does this change if you're running completely different games? Like if you're running a 4E D&D game and, or like let's say a regular 4E campaign and then one where you're doing 4E published adventures and then a shadow run game. Does that, does that change the dynamic and does that make it tougher or does that make it easier? I can see that going either way. It's it's hard for me in my mental state to be be really passionate and focused on that many stories at once. But that's me, right? I'm a storyteller, and that's why I DM because I like to tell stories. Right, right. You know. Although I, I, I will say that under those circumstances, if you if you have the ability repurposing a story from one for those other two games, I mean. So long as you don't have the same players the whole time, who's going to know? Right. Yeah, and I would think that would actually be kind of fun playing with the story and, you know, because, I mean, obviously, just, for example, Shadowrun and 4E, that's going to play very, very differently, not just mechanically, but the obvious story problem of fitting a medieval thing into a corporate world. And and sometimes that kind of problem solving will, will get you more excited about working in some of those other systems and alleviate... Maybe some of the grind of having to run so many games parallel mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. So I guess what we're saying is he needs to start a fourth game and make it Shadowrun. <laughs> Pro- problem Shadow solved. <laughs> Why do I feel like that was the least useful answer we possibly could have given? <laughs> like, you know what you need to do? You need to spend more of your life hunched over a book angry. <laughs> you don't have to be angry. <laughs> Problem solving always well. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right, so I think we've uh, we've hit 
all the stuff we we wanted to hit we or needed to hit or we've rambled long enough I, I, maybe i don't know uh we're going on to 45 minutes and i thought this would be a shorter episode so if we go much longer it's not going to be shorter okay are we ready to are we ready to wrap things up i know we're having fun but again i have this um um yeah wife that's what it's called <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> i should get back to her since since i didn't tell her we were recording tonight until about 10 minutes before we started recording she thinks you're in the restroom, is what you're saying. No, actually, because when I record now, because the baby um, is sleeping in the room that I used to use as a studio, so I'm recording in the bonus room, and she can, she's, I'm sure, downstairs watching Netflix on the iPad and can hear everything we're saying. When you say bonus room, do you have a man cave? Uh, it's, it's, it's on the second floor, so... Uh, so it's not very cave-like. It's not very cave-like. Because my dream is to have a man cave. Okay. That's, that's my goal with home ownership. Well, uh, get on that. Yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you. Woo! <laughs> Who raised 10 bucks? I raised 10 bucks? Fred raised 10 bucks. Wait, what? Did somebody just give to... Online DM says we raised 10 bucks. I, I'm up 10 bucks. Ha ha! Damn it! <laughs> okay, so d- no, no, no. We talked about this. The goal was to make Griner cry. <laughs> yes, but by giving can't do that. Giving him money. If online, you have to say- if online DM just gave me ten bucks, then he's eligible to win fantastic custom professional D and D products from our friend Matt Getz, right, Matt? But he'll never right. make you cry. <laughs> what? What about tears goal. of joy? Oh, that's true. Because Actually, so never- much was raised. That's true. It is all about the goal. So thank you. Thank you. To, is it online DM is it, that, that said, said he did it? Uh, he didn't actually say he did it. I'm assuming he did it. Oh, yes. He's, he says I donated. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. It is thank absolutely. You. The comments are going so. too fast for me. I'm watching them through the app and <laughs> they move. I can only see the last three at a time. So as of right now, we have one person entered into to win this contest. If nobody else donates then online DM has taken this prize, assuming I get to the requisite $250. And uh, even if you don't, Jeff, we should, uh, we should talk over email because there, there's, there's the possibility of something for, for a person who donates, just maybe not what we originally discussed, something a little smaller. Okay, right on. I know we, you and I were talking about some other possible ways of, of saying, you know... Um, a, a prize for the person who donates the most or, or that kind of stuff mm-hmm. too. So we'll, uh, I, I was thinking that yeah. maybe, maybe, uh, you and, and I and, and Tracy and, and maybe you know, Fred will be around, right? Uh, we should all get together with that person and buy them dinner at Gen Con. That sounds great. like a fantastic idea. I'd be up for that. Yeah, definitely. yeah definitely. And there's some really good restaurants around Gen Con that we can do it at. And you know, we there really are between the lot of us. We might have some other connections. We could get some, you know, game designers of of note to to join us not that you're not a game designer of note i, I just oh man I, uh, <laughs> oh i am by no means a game designer jeff griner everybody that was so that not what i meant by that <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> yes it is don't lie you're a I, I, I meant to say we could get maybe a whole crew of awesome people like matt to join us and and <laughs> try not to make me come off like an asshole i'm feeling the love here man <laughs> You know what? I think that's a good place to end the episode. <laughs> and, and done. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank uh, people for joining us. Uh, Matt, 
uh, randomly yes. off the cuff, unplanned episode with an off the cuff, unplanned guest. Welcome, or what, thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, sorry about the uh, microphone trouble at the beginning. Not a problem. Uh, I'm your DM. Thank you for kind of being on the show. He's in the chat room. And yes. <laughs> no, he's not going to say it was a pleasure. Discuss, right? Discussing how you enjoyed kind of being on. Uh, Fred, <laughs> thank you for totally being on your first episode. Woohoo! Thanks for having me on, Jeff. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Tracy, you know. Yeah, I feel like thanks, you were. I feel. I, listening. I feel like you were a guest or something because you didn't say much. Much. <laughs> <laughs> so Tracy, why don't you take us out for the rest of the show since you've been conserving your vo- your vocal cords? Well, which part are we doing for this raw episode of? I don't know. Whatever you can remember to do. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> well, you can always uh, contact the Tom Show with your uh, questions, concerns. Uh, Donations for Fred's beard at the Tome Show at gmail.com, 919 Biz Tome, that's B I Z T O M E, and the forum, forums at gamershavenpodcast.com. You did not just uh, remember all that off the top of your head, did you? No, that's why I have <laughs> Google Docs. You're cheating. You're using Google Docs. The, you're using the script. <laughs> you're cheating in this production. You're using a script. That may be the funniest thing I've ever heard here. <laughs> This is our our raw, nude, unscripted episode. Come on. Hey, but Jeff, I have to ask you this. <laughs> Jeff, I have to ask you this. You're not actually nude, right? Not so far as you know. Just checking. <laughs> We're all nude under our clothes. Anyway. So anyway, uh, what else do you have to say? What else do I have to say? Yeah, how, well, else, how else do we end the show? Go to, the, for go to the Amazon store. Thanks to the sponsors. Wait, I thought you said not to use a script. <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm making it up as I go. <laughs> well, I, thanks I, to our sponsors, Noble Night Games. This is my 186th episode. I've got the script pretty well memorized at this point. I hope. We're at a you should all de- you should again. all definitely go. You should all definitely go by Driz at Noble Night. It's a really awesome game. It is really fun. And I'm and I'm not a board game person, but it's a lot a lot of fun. Honestly, I am right there with you. Um, I got a chance to play it at Gen Con out of, kind of, out of nowhere, and I was taken aback. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. <laughs> yeah, so definitely get over to Noble Knight and check that out, everybody. Also, thanks to Sentinels of the Multiverse, that nice card game. And as always, anything bought from Amazon through our link, we get the monies. Helps keep us doing this. Right on. And, and I totally used a bunch of that money. Not a bunch. I used some of that money to buy Skittles for Tracy. Yes. Very important. Because <laughs> without the Skittles, you know she'll quit doing it. She's only coming on the show because I give her Skittles. Yep. <laughs> all right. I am that selfish. Well, I this... don't enjoy this at all. Just the Skittles. All right. I know. So this was our very special episode of The Tome, unscripted because we hadn't recorded in ages and we needed to get get together and do something but didn't want to take the time to plan. Yay! Woo! Uh, So I guess that's it. Is that how we're going to let it go? I suppose we should finish with uh, Tracy's favorite part where I say this has been episode 100... uh, No, it hasn't. This has been a very special episode of... The Tome. The Tome.
I'm on the wall.